All right, I pray that you're ready for a great, great day today. Thank you so much for joining us again. If you're with us for the first time, we're really, really glad to have you and hope you feel like you're with family, with some people that genuinely care about you. We do. We've been praying for you, and we're believing that the best days for your life are still ahead. We're about to open up this beautiful Bible that can be a little bit mysterious for some of us, but this love letter that God has written to all of humanity to reveal who he is, to reveal the truth about his character, and to point us to Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, today we are going to grow and be encouraged in our walk with God. So I'm really, really excited about today. Uh, I've got some fantastic kids, my wife and I. We've got, we've got three of them. And uh, our middle son, Grayson, that I'm going to talk about a little bit later, is incredibly uh, creative. Uh, everything from dance to art. Uh, the guy is just fantastic. There are some times I try to copy some of his dance moves and and I, I'm not going to try any right now. Uh, why, why would I why would I hurt you and hurt myself? Okay, I've got a little bit of pride and I'm, I'm not going to put myself on blast like that. Uh, but but Fortnite is obviously all over the world and there are all these dance moves connected with Fortnite and my son can do almost all of them and he tries to teach them to us so being a good father I try to jump in there without throwing my back out and I try to do some of these dance moves there was a day there was a day that I I was legit I mean I was I, I mean back in the day I was legit now I'm a dad and I, I'm not legit anymore it's over those days are done but I'll try to do a dance move and Grayson he'll say this to me rather often uh, I'm like, Grayson, is that right? What would you think about that? And he goes, uh, not exactly, Dad. Not exactly. It hurts my feelings. Uh, so I say, not exactly, you're not eating tonight. Just kidding. I've never done that one time. Never one time. I always feed my kids. Not exactly is what he says to me. And that's actually the title of our time today. Our talk, our message today is not exactly because has anyone asked you, like, how's 2020 been for you? Has it been your best year yet? Not exactly. I don't know about you, but this year, I almost said something I can't say in church, okay? It can go, it can go back to wherever it came from. 2020 was not supposed to be like this. It has turned our world upside down. Uh, I still believe that God is in control, but right now I'm looking at things. I'm like, this is not what we had all planned when we saw 2020 all those years ago. Turn with me to book, the book of Acts, chapter 27. We're going to start reading in verse number 13. Acts chapter 27, verse number 13. Uh, the book of Acts is the birth of the church. Uh, the church was God's idea. This was not just some man-made institution. It was an organism that God designed and destined to be his representatives in the world. In the Old Testament, you see it being the children of Israel. And then God begins, you know, births from that nation, this other family that now is to be his representatives, his ambassadors, his hands and feet throughout the entire world. That's why your life is not insignificant right now. You're part of something a whole lot bigger than you. 
the one that has been called. We are the ones that are called to be God's representatives on the earth, his ambassadors. We are the ones that people will look at and think about the goodness of God and the grace of Jesus Christ. Think about his, his, his death, his burial, and his resurrection. You and I have been given the opportunity to be the love bearers of God in the earth. And the book of Acts is about the church being birthed, about this organism growing uh, there was a lot of messiness. There was a lot of confusion. There was a lot of miracles. There was a lot of unity. There was a lot of disunity. There were a lot of even killings. There was so much that went on. But in the midst of all of it, you see this beautiful bride, the bride of Christ, the church, being birthed. And what God had destined for humanity it's coming to life. There are a lot of different players in, in the book of Acts. Players meaning individuals that were a part of it, not like players, you know. But individuals that were there that God used to help bring this mission about. Paul was one of them. And this apostle Paul is going from place to place. The man was actually someone that in our day and age we would have canceled, in all honesty. In our day and age, we wouldn't have given him an opportunity to speak because he was actually persecuting the church. He had papers in his hand to take women and children and men and to throw them in prison because they, to, in his opinion, were preaching something that, were, that was opposite of what God wanted to be done in the earth. And on his way, with these papers in hand, Jesus shows up, knocks him down, blinds his eyes, says, son, I've got a plan and a purpose for your life. I need you to know that no matter how far off you might be or your friend might be or your family member might be they are never too far for the grace of God and our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ to reach them so here is this man that would have been on the other side, but, but God said, I'm taking somebody from the other side and I'm bringing them to my side and I'm going to transform them from the inside out. He does this with Paul because God is able to transform and change people. He's traveling from place to place and you can see all of his different journeys that he took, and now he's on this, this ship, and he's on his way to a very, very important meeting that he's supposed to have, that God has destined for him to have. But I want you to see this in verse 13. When a gentle south wind began to blow, they saw their opportunity. Go like this, go. If your breath stinks, then the people next to you are mad right now. Brush your teeth. But gentle. When you read the verse, ah, it feels like you're on a beach. I'd like to be on a beach right about now. It just feels, it feels calming. It feels so encouraging. A gentle south wind began to blow. We saw our opportunity. So now they're on this boat, and they're going to begin to set sail. Ah, isn't that what your 2020 started off like? Like a gentle south wind? Ah, my senior year, I can't wait to graduate. 
Ah, I'm going to get engaged. Ah, I'm going to get married. Oh, I can't wait for this new opportunity. All the doors are going to be open. 2020, it's my year. Oh, it's my year. It's my year. And 2020 was like, <laughs> you don't even know what I got for you. 2020 decided that, no, it's not going to be gentle south wind the whole time. It's about to be what we find in verse number 14. Look at verse number 14. It says that at that point in time, before very long, a wind of hurricane force called the Northeasterner swept down from the island. So you got a gentle south wind and we're thinking everything's going to go great. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, a hurricane shows up. I, I like the Bible. It doesn't seem to sugarcoat what happens in life, and it definitely doesn't seem to sugarcoat what can happen in our lives. Has anyone felt like a hurricane came in and started to blow? I mean, it was like windy for a little while, and then all of a sudden was a tropical storm. Now I'm a meteorologist, and now it's a hurricane, and people are taking food off of the shelves, and individuals can't get jobs, and people are losing their jobs, and people all of a sudden can't go where they want to go, and people are grabbing all sorts of toilet paper. How many of y'all still got toilet paper in your house? I mean, we, th this world... It like went crazy in a moment. It was a gentle south wind. It was beautiful. It seemed like we were all just holding hands and skipping and walking and dreaming about the future. And, but before long, a, a hurricane comes in. And this hurricane, many of us have been feeling it. Many of us have been experiencing this emotionally experiencing the hurricane in our marriages. Some of us have been around our spouses more than we've been around our spouses in years. And it's a hurricane. Some of us are feeling this in our finances without a shadow of a doubt. There are people that are trying to figure out, I, I've been furloughed, I, I haven't been able to find another job, or, or, or they cut my pay. I'm glad I still have a job, but things aren't what I thought they were going to be. And I know this is not everybody's story, but all of us probably know somebody that this is their story. And they're like, what in the world just happened? It's like a hurricane came out of the blue. So this storm is going crazy, right? And and things are all topsy-turvy, and they start doing what we did. They start taking toilet paper off the shelves, and they start locking down, and they start, you know, not letting people in. And, I mean, they are, they are battening down the hatches on this. You can read it a little bit later. We're not going to go through every verse here but because i got some important things I, I want to share with all of us. But they're going through all of the things that they need to do. They're throwing things overboard. They're getting rid of stuff. Uh, they're trying to hold on to things. They're taking ropes, and they're, they're tying ropes underneath the ship to try to keep the ship together. In verse number 20, look at this. When neither sun nor stars appeared for many days, and the storm continued raging, we finally gave up all hope of being saved. Underline that if you have your Bibles. We finally gave up all hope of being saved. I'm never going back to church. I can't trust politicians. 
Well, I, 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 don't, I don't even know what, what's going on in our world. Media is this, and let me blame that person, and this isn't real, and that is real. And then we got, obviously, we've got all the, the racial injustices that are taking place, not just even in America, but around the world, and, and ethnic battles that are happening all around the globe. And now we are a church that's not just in Dallas or just in Guatemala, but a church that has people that are watching from all across the world, and there are issues taking place everywhere, and some of those issues have been going on not for just a couple of weeks, but for a couple of centuries, and people can go, you know what, I just finally gave up all hope. It ain't getting better. It's not going to turn around. We're not going to be able to come together as one. We're going to continue to fight with each other. We're going to continue to tear at each other. Some of your families right now, you've got some, uh, a loved one that you care about deeply, that you want to see their life turn around, and you're like, I, I, I've been praying for a long time. I don't know how they're going to get off drugs. I don't know how they're going to get out of cancer. I, I've got a family member right now. We've got somebody in our church. Their dad is in the ICU and has been there for over 10 days on a ventilator battling COVID. And uh, uh, where, where are you? Are you at the point where it's like, I don't know if we're going to be able to get through this. Give up all hope of being saved. When you've battled alcohol for a really long time, been to rehab maybe multiple times, when you battled pornography or you've battled insecurity for a long time and you feel like you've gotten out of it, then all of a sudden you're having the same body image issues that you had before. Man, it's like the enemy can jump in there in those moments. In the middle of the storm, when it feels like you haven't seen sun or stars for a whole lot of days, and you're tempted to give up all hope of being saved. I hope I didn't down, I, didn't, I hope it's not too much of a downer, okay? I'm just trying to talk to where some of us are. Happy Fourth of July! <laughs> you're like, oh man, I, uh, I, 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 I didn't, I didn't come to church today to be discouraged. Well, well, you're not going to leave discouraged. Because look, look, look what happens here. Paul stands up, the guy I was talking about earlier. He stands up and he says this in verse 22. And I pray this drops so deep in your heart. I pray this gets so deep in your soul. I pray that this gets louder than every lie that the enemy is trying to throw at you right now. I pray that you feel this to your very core. I pray that your mind is shaken with the word and the truth of, of, of God's word. I pray that this touches you all the way down to your toes. Paul stands up and he says, I urge you. But right now, I urge you to keep up your courage. I urge you. I know what's going on around. And I know what's going to look like it's going to be like this way forever. And I know your family feels like it's falling apart. And I know it feels as if there is no way out. And I know it feels like you're climbing an uphill battle. 
And I know it feels like we're going to be stuck in this spot forever because I don't see us getting out of this spot. I know it can feel like that. I know it can feel like the drug addiction, the meth addiction. I know it can feel like the insecurity, the fear, the doubt, the depression. I know it can feel like the politicians or the preachers are somehow going to squash the hope that you have on the inside of you. But let me tell you this from God's word. Paul stands up and he says, but right now, I urge you, I implore you, I encourage you, I speak to your heart, I beg of you, keep up your courage. Don't throw this away. Don't throw it away. Come on, I know you thought about throwing in the towel, but God wanted to bring you to this message today. Uh, even maybe you're watching it years later so he can remind you, keep up your courage. Keep up your courage. When you lost all hope of being saved, my marriage is never going to get better. He brought you here today, this day. But right now, I urge you to keep up your courage. If you've got a child that has gone the wrong direction and you don't think they're ever going to come back because they don't like you, they don't like God, they don't like the church, and, you, and you've now given up hope. But I urge you, I urge you right now to keep up the courage. I know some of you are, your body is still riddled with cancer and it came back. It went into remission, but it came back. And I, I am encouraging you right now, do not give up hope. I urge you right now to keep up. Courage. Let's keep on reading here because he says some things that I really, really like. This idea behind, behind courage is important um, because if, if you have to keep up courage, then there's a way to keep down courage. And that's what we call being discouraged. And this is when the idea behind discouraged, I was looking it up in the Bible, and it carries with it the idea that you're like thrown to the ground, like you're prostrate, like you can't get up. Maybe some of you have seen the movie Creed, or maybe you like the UFC, or you like any Rocky, maybe some of y'all old school, and you go all the way back to Rocky back in the day. And there are some times you, you take punch after punch after punch, and you're tempted to stay down. You're tempted to stay on the mat, and you can almost hear your family counting. You almost can hear your haters counting one, two, three. And you just like, get to 10, fine, I'll just be out. And maybe you came to church today, and this was your last time to think, if, 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 if somebody if God can speak to my heart just one more time, maybe I won't kill myself. If God would speak to my heart just one more time, maybe I won't throw in the towel on my marriage. If God would speak to my heart one more time, then maybe I'd keep on marching. If God would speak to my heart one more time, then maybe I'll get that business off the ground. If God would speak to my heart one more time, I'll put those pills away. If God would speak to my heart just one more time, I'll put the bottle away. And I know I have fought for many years and my soul is tired but if I can encourage you today to get up off that mat and to encourage yourself in God I am asking you like Paul did here he, he urged him I urge you now right now right now 
to keep up your courage. Um, let me keep on going here because I, I got some. Give, give me, give me uh, seven more minutes. Seven. Okay, ten, ten. Twenty. Just kidding. Just, ten more minutes. Verse 25. So keep up your courage. He says it to him again. I got this sweatshirt on. I'm up here preaching my guts out. Is my head all shiny or what? Is my head all shiny? No? Nah, about Okay, okay. You know, do I have something in my pocket? I don't know how long this tissue has been in my pocket, but I'm going to go ahead and use it <laughs> right now. I don't know who used this tissue, but I'm believing this tissue is cleansed and whole in Jesus' name. So keep up, verse 25, keep up your courage, men and women. Why? For I have faith in God that it will happen just as he told me. Okay, ooh, man. Earl, calm down here. Let me talk to myself. <sighs> calm down. I like this. How in the world, how in the world are you and I going to keep the courage? Last week we talked some about this, about how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. My wife was next to me. What? She's a, such a fantastic preacher and leader and woman of God and mom and all, I mean, all the things together. I should have had her up here again this week because she's just, she's just the absolute best. You might remember some of the three things that we talked about to keep yourself strengthened in the Lord. We talked about turning off the noise and turning on your praise. Remember this? Remember, remember we talked about uh, don't, don't uh, talk your way out of repentance or reason your way out of repentance. Remember, we talked about the fire burning in you needs to be greater than that fire that's burning around you. But how, how are you and I, how are you and I going to keep up our courage? He says it here. The first thing he says is, so keep up your courage, men and women, for I have faith in God. I have faith in God. Uh, say that out loud at home. Say, I have faith in God. Come on, say, say, I have faith in God. I have faith in God. I don't have faith in faith. I don't have faith in me. I don't have faith in the economy. I have faith in God. I was talking to you about Grayson uh, earlier. Grayson's really, really handsome. Uh, very, very buff as well. He's nine years old, just about to be 10. And, uh, but he has, he has sensitive skin, okay, sensitive skin. He's got this beautiful, you know, caramel skin. Handsome young man. But he's got this really sensitive uh, skin. And um, this is a number of years ago. Oh, man, probably five years ago or so, four years ago. Uh, he had this rash over, like, his entire torso, like these really tiny bumps. And I'm like, what's going on here? My wife, we're trying to figure out what happened. Is he eating something? We're trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. Can't figure out anything. And then this rash flares up again. One night, matter of fact, the Scots were over. Uh, Andrew and Hannah Scott were over our house. Our campus pastors at our White Rock campus uh, in Dallas. And they, they were over the house. And Grayson comes downstairs after I put him to bed. And, and he's, his, his skin is all flared up. And I'm like, man, what is going on here? And he's not scratching it a bunch, but it's all red and all these bumps everywhere. And, and I bring him upstairs to kind of give him a little warm bath just to kind of try to help him, you know, calm down and see if that's going to take away some of the inflammation and put him in the bathtub. And there I see it. I see a bottle of, of soap that is very, very uh, fragrant. It's the kind of soap he's not supposed to use. We use Dove. It's nice. Keep it smooth skin. But we hear he had some other stuff. I don't know how it got in there. I think we had somebody stay over the house and maybe they used it. 
But Grayson was using this when he took a shower. So this is why his body was all inflamed. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm trying. I'm like, Grayson, I'm so sorry. I kept this out there. And he was so sweet. He goes, Daddy, it's okay. You didn't mean it. It's okay. I still remember that conversation. He was so kind to me. Okay, it's about three days of him having that rash. Three days. Let's say he's, he's just about to be 10 years old, okay? So there's 365 days in a year. 365 times 10, do the math, 3,000, come on, 650. That's right, you got it, you got it, 3,650. So we got 3,650 days that he's been on this earth, about, right? Leap years, don't get technical on me, people. So 3,650 days that he's been on the earth. For three of those days, I don't feel like I did right by him. So Grayson can take the three days and let that trump the other 3,647 days that I've been faithful. Because he has never gone without food. He's always had a roof over his head. How many times has his mom and I brought him to some park or brought him to some event? How many times we paid for him to be in some sport? I mean, we have provided for him day after 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 day. And I feel like there's too many of us that have had three bad days with God. And we've taken those three bad days or those three bad years or those three bad months over the 45 years that you've been, you've been alive. And you're saying you're going to let those three years trump all the breath that God has put in your lungs all the times that he has carried you all the times he's put food on your table all the times he sustained you when you could not sustain yourself all the times that he wiped tears from your eyes all the times he gave you strength to put one foot in front of the other the friends that you have the church that you have the provision that you have how good has God been in your life have faith in God because he's been faithful he's been faithful have faith in God Okay, next one, next one, next one, next one. I'm still sweating, I'm still sweating. Have faith in God. Next one. That it will happen, come on, that it will happen, that it will happen just as he told me. That it will happen just as he told me. What did God tell you was gonna happen in your life? What did God speak over your life? What promise did God give you? Well, when I was 16, I felt this. When I was 17, I had this vision. When I was seven, I felt this nudge. What vision did God give you? I'm telling you, he who began a good work in you is faithful to complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. If you're not dead, God's not done. We say it all the time because we believe it. One of our other things that we believe is we believe that we see with eyes of hope. Eyes of hope. Eyes of hope. This is one of our 12 stones. This is one of the reasons. This is one of the, 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 the founding principles of our church family is we see with eyes of hope. Come on, church. We see with eyes of hope. Even when we're discouraged. Even when it doesn't make sense. Even when Jesus can look at the tomb of a dead man and he'll cry, but he still speaks to Lazarus to come on out of that grave. I see the death. But he says, I am the resurrection and the life and my life trumps that death. So he speaks 
to something impossible. It will happen. It will happen. But, okay, I, I told you, I asked for 10 minutes. I got about another three. And let me end it with this, friends. Let me end it with this. Yes, you got to have faith in God. And yes, we got to believe it will happen. We're talking about building up our courage here. Thirdly, this is important. Write it down. Broken is the new beautiful. Broken is the new beautiful. Broken is the new beautiful. Here they are on this ship, and there is craziness going on all around them. And the apostle Paul says, hey, everybody, sit down. Verse 35, after he said this, watch, he took some bread and gave thanks to God in front of them all. Then he broke it and began to eat. If you go with me to verse 41 and 44, let's go to 44 just for the sake of time. The ship gets broken in pieces. Verse 44, the rest who were on board, they were to get to the shore on planks or on other pieces of the ship. So here it is in this story. I couldn't help but see some things being broken. Even the thing they were seated on that they thought was their security got broken. But the broken pieces they were able to grab a hold of to help bring them to the shore. So you and I think when everything is breaking all around us that it's over. And God is saying, I'll take even the broken pieces and I'll use those things to carry you to the place that I want you to go. So I'll take a broken relationship. I'll take a broken mindset. I'll take a broken marriage. I'll take a broken past. I'll take broken emotions. I'll take broken relationships. I'll take broken things. Because broken is the new beautiful. Ah, it's not lost on me that Jesus said something just like this when he was feeding the 5,000. He took bread, he gave thanks, and he broke it. It's not lost on me that Jesus, when he's having his last supper with his disciples, said, hey, this is my body that was broken for you. Broken is the new beautiful perfect is not the new beautiful having everything together is not the new beautiful getting your eyebrows tinted is not the new beautiful getting your lashes on is not the new beautiful six-pack is not the new beautiful swole shoulders that's not the new beautiful mercedes-benz that's not the new beautiful a brand new house that's not the new beautiful and i pray that you get blessed with everything that you could possibly be blessed with but i want you to know the new beautiful for the for the child of god is that god can take the weak things the broken things and he can use those things for his glory so where is it you need courage what is it you need courage to do? What do you need courage to face? Have faith in God.
it will happen. And broken is the new beautiful. Would you bow your heads with me, friends? If you're under the sound of my voice right now, and you've yet to surrender your heart and your life to Jesus Christ, you've yet to make him first, you've yet to make him number one, you've yet to put him in charge of your life. I'm not asking, do you believe in God? I'm not asking, do you think you're a religious person? I'm not even asking, do you think you're good? Your goodness is irrelevant in this moment. What's relevant is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ on your behalf and mine. That we could not be good enough in and of ourselves to connect with God. So God said, I'm going to come to you. God with us. Emmanuel. And Jesus is present in this moment saying, son, daughter, I want you to give your heart and your life to me. So if you've never been a follower of Jesus, or maybe at one point in time you were, but you slipped away, you've gone another direction. Maybe church hurt you, a pastor hurt you, a friend hurt you, life hurt you. But you're seeing now how God can redeem even the broken pieces. This is your moment of salvation. Your moment of a fresh start. Your moment to turn from your own way and to get on the path of Jesus. I'm going to ask everyone to do me a favor. Put your hand over your heart, every person, and repeat this prayer out loud after me. Say, dear Jesus, I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. I admit I've made mistakes. And today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. Give me the power to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen and amen.